Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 20 of the SCO Show. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for the 20th installment of your, well, let's just say one of your favorite Patriots podcasts. And as always, the SCO Show is brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and is proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Today's show, another locked and loaded one for you. We're going to talk some Josh Allen. We're going to talk with Joe Marino from... A number of spots, including the Draft Network, the Draft Dudes podcast, and the host of Locked On Bills. We're going to talk to Joe about where the Buffalo Bills are because, folks, we've got a 3-0 New England Patriots team headed up to upstate New York to take on a 3-0 Buffalo Bills team. So we're going to dive into the Bills today. That's going to be the main focus of today's show. As always, some reminders here at the outset. Please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Or places like Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Pro Football Weekly. And yes, those three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here at Pat's Pulpit. Now, I said I was going to talk about Josh Allen. I said we're going to talk about some Bill stuff today. But like many of you, my, my Wednesday morning began in its usual fashion. I wake up. I wake up, get myself out of bed. And quickly reach for the phone to check Twitter. Because let's face it, for most of us in the year 2019, that's what we do. We check the phone, we check Twitter, that's what we do. That's part of the morning routine. And I noticed something. I get a lot of notifications. I get a lot of people adding me, even in the wee hours. get a lot of group conversations in the DMs where things go on in the wee hours that I have to get caught up on. But something really caught my attention. It was Andy Singleton who does a lot of fantasy football work, does a lot of fantasy baseball work, and he had sent me a screenshot from a morning news show, and I'm not going to name the channel. I don't want to make it sort of a left-right kind of thing. But it was a screenshot of a discussion about what Wednesday was. And Wednesday, in case you missed it, was one-hit wonder day. And it was a screenshot of the video of Africa by Toto thereby insinuating that for somehow, for some reason, Toto is a one-hit wonder. And those of you who know me well, who follow my work, who have followed me from Locked On Patriots, where I did an episode after Super Bowl 52, you know, the Monday show, not the post-game show, but the next day, I did a Locked On Toto episode because I couldn't bring myself to talk about the game itself. You knew that that would wound me. And I just have to say to the producers of that network... 
Let me just outline this for you, okay? Are they saying that Toto was a one-hit wonder because of Rosanna, which peaked at number one, was a number one hit, actually a number two hit. It got to number two on the Billboard Top Music charts. And yes, won the 1983 Grammy for Record of the Year. Or are they a one-hit wonder because of Hold the Line, which got to number five. Or I Won't Hold You Back, which got to number 10. And yes, look, Africa, which got to number one. Totally, one-hit wonder. That just drove me crazy. But that's how I started my Wednesday. But enough about Toto. Let's talk Josh Allen. And if you remember the days of Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming, if you followed me back then, you knew that I was not a big fan of Josh Allen's coming out. And not a lot of people really were. The arm talent was there, and it is undeniable. The athletic talent is there, and it has translated extremely well to the National Football League for him. But one of the things that gave me pause about Josh Allen was the other stuff that goes into playing the quarterback position. I would go on radio in Buffalo and elsewhere, and I would talk about how he's Nuke Lelouch. That's ultimately, he's Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham that needs to learn how to do the other things about being a pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's got an incredible fastball, but he can't do it. He can't throw a changeup. He can't throw a curve. He can't feel life as a pitcher. He's happy Gilmore. There's another comparison I had. He can hit the ball a ton, but he can't putt. And no short game. And yes, the 99-mile-an-hour fastball in baseball as a pitcher, the 400 or 500 or 600-yard drive that Happy Gilmore was hitting in golf, those look great, but you do it like a couple of times around or a couple of times in inning. You need to do the other stuff. It's the same thing for playing the quarterback position. Look, how many times are you really going to get a chance to throw 75 yards down the field like Josh Allen did at his pro day to wow everybody? You're going to need to throw underneath with touch, with timing, with, intis- with anticipation. You're going to need to throw that corner route, which is one of the tougher routes to throw. Anytime Josh Allen had to do that, it was a roller coaster, even down at the Senior Bowl, throwing it against air. So these were some of the concerns that I had with Allen coming out. Could he learn to play a quarterback? Last year, we saw mixed results in that regard. This year after seeing now three games of him, I've been extremely impressed with Josh Allen and his development as a passer. Over at Big Blue View, I wrote a piece, you know, seeing how he's coming together as a timing and rhythm passer. There's a piece that's going up at Pat's pulpit. It'll be out by the time you listen to this that highlights some of his his throws from week one and then last week against the Bengals. You're seeing him making throws on time, in rhythm, within the structure of the offense, making anticipation throws, and not just to the boundary, and not just everybody's favorite anticipation throw to highlight is, you know, when the guy runs a hitch against off coverage and gets the ball out before the break. Like, that's easy. I'm talking sort of anticipation throws, you know, deeper routes, routes to the middle of the field. He's doing that kind of stuff, which is more advanced. There's a play I highlight from his game against the Cincinnati Bengals where the Bengals are running a cover three buzz look, and... The Bills' offense is basically high-lowing the middle hook defender who's a safety down in the box with a slant route over the top, a deep slant from Zay Jones, and an underneath sort of pivot route from Cole Beasley. And he has to make a snap decision based on what that safety does. And you could see it in the video, and I put up actually two of them. You know, first the entire play and then just a snippet of the decision point for the quarterback. He sees that safety 
put his foot in the ground, start to drive down on the on the underneath pivot rail from Beasley. Once he sees that as a split second thing, he starts throwing the slant over the top of that defender to Zay Jones. That sort of mental processing wasn't something that Josh Allen really had in his bag when he was coming out of Wyoming, but he's showing it now. There was a play against Cincinnati where they're running an RPO look, and his decision is made before Cole Beasley is even close to making his break to the point where Josh Allen has to double clutch because his decision-making, his thought process, his mental approach is ahead of the play. Those of you that remember the Josh Allen draft experience, imagine sitting there, you know, almost two years ago and hearing the phrase that Josh Allen's mental approach is ahead of the play. That would be unheard of. People would say, that's crazy. No, we've, we've studied him. We've watched him. That's, that's not, we're talking about Josh Allen, the defensive end, right? We're not talking about Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. But that's where we are right now with Josh Allen. I've been extremely impressed with Brian Dable and how he's turned Josh Allen into, dare we say, a rhythm and timing quarterback. And as we're going to hear from the one and only Joe Marino in a minute, the deep stuff, he's missing on it right now. If anything, his best part of his game right now is the timing and the rhythm stuff, and the deep ball, which was his calling card coming out of college, isn't there for him. And this poses, to bring it full circle, a tough test for the New England Patriots. They only saw him once last year. He was hurt for their first meeting. And athletic quarterbacks have historically given the Patriots some trouble, although I think with the athleticism this defense has, it's not that much of a concern. But Josh Allen's development at the quarterback position is going to be fascinating to watch. It has been fascinating to see unfold already. And this is going to be a very interesting test for him in this Patriots defense, in a sense. Because, again, I've been going on shows in the Buffalo area. A lot of people saying, look, the Patriots, they haven't played anybody yet. This is going to be a good benchmark game for New England. And I'm very excited to see what this defense does against Josh Allen. But as a guy that studies quarterbacks and evaluates the position, I'm also excited to see how Josh Allen fares. So it's going to be a fascinating fascinating aspect to this game i'd invite you to read the piece over at pat's pulpit breaking down josh allen more in depth but i'm telling you the timing and rhythm stuff is there i wasn't expecting to see it from him but i've been impressed with what i've seen so far from josh allen here in year two so that's a quick look at josh allen up next some quality time with joe marino from draft dudes from the draft network and of course the host of the locked on bills podcast that quality tie segment is ahead here on episode 20 of The Scope Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
And welcome back to episode 20 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation. Time for some quality time right now. And look, our next guest needs no introduction. You know him from the Draft Network, which does fantastic work year-round covering the draft. You know him as the co-host of Draft Dudes. But you also probably know him as the host of the Locked On Bills podcast. And that's the reason why he's joining us right now, Mr. Joe Marino. Happy to have him here for some quality time. Joe, buddy, how you been, my friend? It's it's good to be on with you, Mark. I think you're the only guy out there with more titles than me. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a laundry list of titles that you and I have, but we do it for the love, right? We do it for the love. No question, man. And uh, this should be a good discussion. I'm I'm glad that we can get together and talk about this now and um, get you my thoughts on this game. It should be fun. It, it should be fun, Joe. And it's fun when. I always like it when the teams, the cornerstone-type teams like the Bills are good. And the Bills are 3-0 and right now. We've got a battle for AFC East supremacy right now. I'm excited about that. But I'm also excited about Josh Allen, and I wanted to start there. I've been impressed with him so far this year. But, Joe, what are your thoughts on the second-year QB? Yeah, you know, the Bills did a really good job of improving things around Josh Allen this offseason to really set up an opportunity for growth. I think we have, in order to talk about where he is now, I think we have to talk just a little bit about where he's been. And when he got drafted by the Bills, you know, he's in a situation where he's QB3, right, for the entire offseason behind A.J. McCarron and Nate Peterman. Those guys aren't around anymore. And uh, so he's getting QB3 reps from pretty much right up until the start of the season. They trade A.J. McCarron. Nate Peterman wins the job. He should have got the job. He was the best quarterback in preseason by far. Well, he plays so bad, right, that Josh Allen's the starter by halfway through week one. And I felt like for the first few weeks of the season, Josh Allen's running an offense tailored for Nate Peterman. They've got a crap offensive line. The receivers are so bad, they're all cut by week 13, right? The starting three receivers. And the infrastructure was just terrible. And Josh Allen, as we all know, a pretty raw prospect coming out of Wyoming – and going into a really bad situation, the Bills had over $50 million in dead cap space, so they really couldn't build anything up around him. And it was all about getting to this year, where the Bills have literally upgraded every personnel area of their offense, offensive line, tight end, running back, backup quarterback, and wide receiver. They've got new coaches, right? they got Brian Dable still as the offensive coordinator, but a new quarterback's coach, new O-line coach, new wide receiver's coach. And there's only really one starter from last year's team that started in week one that's still starting right now on this offense, and that's Deion Dawkins, the left tackle. So much has changed for Josh Allen, and it's changed the way he plays the game quite a bit, which was needed, right? Last year was Josh Allen chucking the ball deep, and if that wasn't there, taking off, right? There wasn't a whole lot of process behind what he's doing. But the Bills have built this offense around him to give him chances to be a more complete quarterback. They're giving him options like Cole Beasley, who can really work the short to intermediate areas of the field. Giving a, a receiver like John Brown, who he trusts to challenge all levels of the field with. And uh, getting a, a better offensive line to give him more time to create more space in the running game. The Bills have been pretty productive running the football. And all of this has led to a more efficient Josh Allen. This Buffalo offense has already has eight touchdown drives of over 70 or more yards right in, the, in three games, which is, I think is number two or three in the NFL. And it's just a more complete offense. Josh Allen's more comfortable. He's been the guy since day one. Everything's improved around him. And uh, he's he's playing a lot better than what we saw last year. 
Yeah, Joe, I, I wanted to build off of that with Brian Dable, who I think has done a fantastic job, like you said, sort of developing him. And there's some clubs in Allen's bag right now that I didn't see him developing this nicely. The timing, the rhythm, the anticipation, those were areas I thought he needed to improve upon coming out of Wyoming. We're seeing that now. How impressed have you been with the offensive coordinator's job? You know, I think Dable's been so good for Josh Allen. Um, really, last year, finding a way to get by with him. And, and if you remember the, the offense, it was it – was, historically bad through the first you know half of the season and then it really became a different unit towards the end of the year and that's that's where I think it really started to shift for the Josh Allen Brian Dable connection is you know getting him in more empty sets and uh, doing some different things pre-snap to give Josh Allen uh, tips as to whether it's going to be zone or man man and, and just really simplifying his process so that he can allow those really dynamic physical traits uh, to take over one thing that really stood out to me last week when I was listening to Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, as he was getting ready to prepare for the Buffalo offense, he was asked in an interview, you know, um, how is how is Buffalo's offense different than what you've seen so far? They had placed they had played against San Francisco and Seattle in the first two weeks of the season. Zach Taylor said, Buffalo, their offense is willing to evolve and do whatever it takes to win, whereas Seattle and San Francisco are more true to what they always do. And I think that's what is Brian Dable's done such a good job of evolving the offense and being multiple with it. If you ask me what the identity of the Bills offense was, I tell you that the identity is that it evolves. It can look different all the time. It can look different week to week, series to series, half to half. And that's a testament to Brian Dable and the things that he does to keep the offense moving. We've seen it already. Like I mentioned, the long touchdown drives that have been kind of the brand of this offense so far this year. And um, I'm really impressed how Brian Dable has really done everything he can to build this up and, and create a, an offense that's difficult schematically to defend. But then you factor in Josh Allen, who's so talented, and it's just another layer. Brian Dable has been really good. You know, Joe, you mentioned Cole Beasley. You mentioned Brown. But Dawson Knox, who had a big breakout sort of game last week, the tight end, how did you feel about him coming out? How has he been so far? Could he be a big part of this team's offense going forward? Yeah, the traits are always exciting with Dawson Knox. I mean, athletic guy, good size. He's really competitive. Had some really high flashes at Ole Miss. You just got a little bit nervous because he wasn't productive. I mean, he didn't score a touchdown. Just constantly overlooked in that offense. And, you know, there's context that matters there with – you know, the three wide receivers they had that were really good and uh, an offensive coordinator that just didn't really, uh, I think, do a good job of, of utilizing his skill set, really kept things very simple for him, a converted quarterback. And um, he's been a good player so far for the Bills. It's exciting because he missed a lot of time uh, throughout training camp with a hamstring injury. And so we started to see him late in preseason and then just kind of working his way into the lineup. And he's making big plays. You saw a lot of those last week. Uh, against Cincinnati he's blocking really well uh, I think in terms of when the Bills ask him to get out in space and hit blocks in the perimeter he's doing a good job making those happen but the big concern is just variance at the catch point it's something that we saw at Ole Miss and it was really concerning because you had such a small sample size uh, of drops and just inconsistently you know getting his hands aligned to catch the football and so well we think it's a concern but we didn't see a whole lot of reps but the fact that it was present in a small amount of reps it's concerning and so far we've seen it already in the nfl where dawson knox have had two really killer drops so far this season that i think really put the team behind uh, especially against the giants where 
the Bills were kind of humming along, and he had a key drop in an uncontested situation that uh, I think put the Bills' offense behind, created some adversity, didn't respond well to it. And then last week against Cincinnati, another uncontested drop. So the physicality's there. The big plays are there. It's that consistency catching the football and finishing that needs to happen for Dawson Knox. But I think he has a chance to be the long-term solution there. Just want to see the consistency with his hands develop. Wanted to ask you a bit about this Bills defense. In the two meetings between these teams last year, I felt like that Bills defense did a great job at frustrating Tom Brady, frustrating this pass to the attack. The Patriots never seemed to get into a rhythm. I think that could be a concern for New England again on Sunday. Do you share that concern? Do you think this Bills defense is matched up well against this Patriots offense? I don't think anyone matches up well with Brady. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think if it, it, you like, I guess, if you're looking for the optimism, it, it does come from, I mean, especially that second game last year. I mean, Brady was really, really struggled. I guess, I mean, for Brady terms, still won the football game, but statistically just one of his most poor performances uh, last year. And, um, you know, the Bills do a really good job of, of disguising coverage and making it difficult to get pre-snap reads. That really stems from outstanding safety play from Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. And some of their rotations are just really outstanding. And you know, they have good corners in Levi Wallace and Trey White. Hopefully Taron Johnson, their slot corners back. He means a lot to the defense. They have good length in Tremaine Emmons at linebacker, so he can really affect throwing lanes. And he's really athletic. So a really well-coached unit that disguises what they do really well. And it's even proven to get to guys like Tom Brady. So, the optimism's there, but you know the kind of the flip side of that is we know this is Tom Brady. We know he can pick apart everybody, and the Bills really need to feast on you know some of this makeshift offensive line that New England's featuring right now and taking advantage of their of their pass rushers like you know Jerry Hughes, Trent Murphy, and of course Ed Oliver, the number one pick that can create some interior penetration. So it's going to be complementing that that pass coverage that could be confusing to Brady with good pass rush that takes advantage of the offensive line. That's the hope, right? If, if you're a Bills fan and you want to shut down Brady, it's doing those two things. Yeah, and that's exactly where I wanted to go next. We know that the Patriots have some backups in. Karras at center, knew us at the left tackle spot. Bills have some great pass rushers on paper. We know Hughes. Oliver has looked good so far. What have the Bills been doing from a pressure standpoint? Are they winning one-on-ones? Are they scheming it, or is it a mix? What are they doing to generate pressure? It's a mix. I think the Bills aren't doing a great job of getting organic pressure, which is really important to be able to get pressure with four and drop everyone else in coverage to limit that space available against Brady. So, you know, facing Darnold, Eli Manning, and Andy Dalton, all of those quarterbacks get the ball out so quick, all three of them. I think it was like 2.18, 2.33, and 2.67s were the apps, uh, the average uh, snap to throw for, for those three games. And I expect Brady to get it out pretty quick again this week. And um, they, they have had to get creative. It, has, it doesn't always mean sending extra guys, but bringing guys to the line of scrimmage, sending some, dropping some. They've done some zone blitzing, a lot of zone blitzing. And, and some of it has been really effective. And at other times, just guys not getting to their spots effectively, and it's creating space. And it really was space that they had accounted for taking advantage of if they would have got to their landmark. So, there's a little bit more necessary than I, I would be hopeful at this point in terms of what the Bills have to do to generate that pass rush. You mentioned the safeties, and you know we saw that a couple of years ago. You know They showed a, a rotation safety look. Brady didn't read it. Poyer had a pick six off of that. The secondary has given Brady some trouble. How do you see that matchup plan out against you know whether Dorsett, Edelman, if he can go, Gordon? How do you see that secondary versus receiver matchup plan out? 
Well, it's it's really. I mean, for the football guys, this is going to be really fun because yeah. yeah. You, you know New England and their two route concepts and stuff like that. That it's just it's reading leverage and getting to space, and they do so good with it. But the Bills do a really good job of bracketing certain route combinations and um, making it difficult. And you know they're I'm not going to say they know what they're going to want to do, but they have a good feel with this group in terms of that communication aspect and understanding where they want to be to take away certain throws. And so, I mean, the all 22 is going to be uh, really fun to yeah. dig into to see what that looks like, but it's going to be about, you know, which, which side of that chess match is going to win out and can the bills do enough with the way they like to bracket certain route combinations to take that away from Brady. And how quick does Brady get to the other portions of the field and how does the coverage match up in those situations? So the bills will probably be, you know, in terms of just schematically sound to, to try to take some of that stuff away. I think, I think they will be as good as you can, and certainly the appealing thing for, for the Bills is that there's no Gronk in the mix. Like, that's always been the problem. It's like, yeah. sure, we, they, can, they can run some brackets on the outside, take away some concepts. But, oh, yeah, by the way, there's friggin' Rob Gronkowski that's going to beast up on whoever you put. So that that's, I guess, the hopeful component there uh, if the Bills are going to have any success defensively. Another thing that might really help the Bills if they're going to have success defensively is the growth we've seen from Tremaine Edmonds. Last year, thrown into the middle of that defense, sometimes you can see him a little unsure of what to do. This year, I feel like he's settled into that role in the middle of that defense. We know the Patriots like to get their running backs involved in the pass-catching game. How do you see Edmonds handle in that aspect of playing against guys like Burkhead and James White? We expect him to be back as well. How do you see him fair on Sunday? Yeah, he he processes it really quick, you know, in terms of of, uh, his key and diagnose skills are really good this year. Obviously, he's insanely physically gifted, uh, and and so that really helps him out a lot. And the Bills, I mean, let's face it, they faced Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon. I mean, those are probably three of the top six or seven most physically talented running backs in the NFL, two guys that – that really those offense run through those players. If there ever were examples of that in, you know, the year 2019. Uh, so I guess having that under their belt is, is somewhat good. The, the challenging thing for Tremaine, where I think he still has some struggles is on some misdirection stuff and wherever they can kind of scheme up some opportunities where there's some advantageous blocking angles for their, their, their you know offensive linemen to get out in space and pick him up. So if, if he sees it quick and he's able to, you know, use his physical traits to match up. He's gonna he's gonna shut those situations down. But where I think those the the low lights for Tremaine have been, all right, we get him going one way, we cross up his wires a little bit, and uh, you force him to recover, and you got a guy standing right next to him that's gonna pick him off in space, and that's led to a few big plays at times. So it's a concern, um, but you know, the, the physical talent is exciting, and his growth in terms of a mental processing component is exciting, and. Um, you know the, the Patriots scheme it up so well, and so that's that's kind of the, the challenging component when I think about if he could have some you know some poor moments on Sunday. As always, we got a couple of listener questions here for quality time from the Sco Show Slack channel. The first one comes to us from Patrick Brown. He wants to know what areas has Josh Allen surpassed your expectations based on your scouting report on him. I never thought he'd be as uh, as consistent of a rhythm and timing passer. Now, let's not make any mistake about it. He still gets outside the pocket. He still launches the football down the field. He still runs it. I just was nervous that the timing stuff wouldn't come because normally that stuff doesn't come. Like he he had some issues on tape at Wyoming that you get excited about his physical traits, but you say, "Wow, this is this is an inventory of items that a lot of quarterbacks don't overcome." And 
Uh, the Bills have done well to create an environment around him to see growth in that area, and I think that's been uh, that's been exciting for me. This next one from Andy Likens is probably a bit of a softball, but I'm going to ask it. He wants to know, Joe, which draft show from TDN is the better show? <laughs> so what is it, uh, Lockdown NFL Draft or the Draft Dude's the one that I'm the co-host of? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it does seem like a bit of a laugh. But look, if you wanted to be nice and throw, you know, Trev and Ben a bone, I mean, I guess you could. No, no, Trev and uh, – no, Kyle and I are superior football minds. Um, we have better chemistry – um, better better to listen. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where there's one side of this thing. Well, I mean, they have better hair. Okay, Ben and Trevor have better hair than me and Kyle. There's no question. But if you want football talk, it's draft dudes. There you go. I love the answer, Joe. It's been fantastic. Let me get, let me get you out of here on this one. I'm not asking for a score, or a prediction, yeah. anything like that. Just your expectations for this meeting when the Bills host the New England Patriots on Sunday. You know, here's here's the. If I was going to draw for any optimism for the Bills. We, we know we, it's well documented how the Patriots have owned the Bills, specifically Brady. I don't think the Bills have beat Brady since, you know, in a game that he started and finished since 2011. And let's be honest, I mean, it was like angels in the outfield in that game with how some of those right. tip balls. I mean, just the, the kind of things that it took to beat Brady in, in that situation where the Bills, um, you know, in their history. Um, the Bills haven't played their best game yet, right? They're 3-0. and they had a come-from-behind win over the Jets where they were down 16 late in the third quarter. They took care of business against the Giants, but they left meat out of the bone. They had a very disappointing third quarter in that game. And then the Bengals game, they, they came out very strong but kind of fell apart in the third quarter and, and relinquished a 14 to nothing lead. They gave up 16 un- unanswered points and wind up having to win the game You know, towards the end of the game, right? So the Bills just haven't played their best game. And, and I, it, it's if it's going to happen, could it not be against the Patriots at home? And what's going to be a great environment? You know, the fans are going to be fired up. Now, you're asking yourself to play your best game against the best team in football. That's one of the most fundamentally sound teams across the board. You know, from the punting game, right? <laughs> Jake yep. Bailey was just a thick punter of the special teams player of the week. They're the best defense in the league. They haven't given up a touchdown, right? An offensive touchdown all year. We know. I mean, they haven't given up an offensive touchdown in a long time. Thinking back to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, this is it's an unbelievable unit. And then you've got the greatest to ever do it in Tom Brady. So you hope this is the week the Bills can play their best game. And you know, it's really going to come down to I think Josh Allen's going to have to do two things in this game. It's not going to be rhythm and timing that's going to beat the Patriots. That's going to matter. But he's going to have to do some special things, whether that's hitting some stuff down the field, which honestly, Mark, that's what's not really happened so far this year for him. He's he's hitting everything in the short to intermediate areas of the field, playing good situational football on third down, but he hadn't hit the big long long throws that we saw last year. So if that can come back this week, and if Josh Allen can do some of those things that only Josh Allen can do because you know his athleticism, his strength, his mobility, and, and really take advantage of some scramble situations, some outside of structure situations, and just make some big plays, that's going to be really helpful. But it's going to take the Bills' best game, and um, we haven't seen it yet. And uh, my expectations, I mean, the Bills are going to play hard. They're well coached. Sean McDermott is a really good coach, and the team has talent. All those things are there. But, you know, it's one thing we've been conditioned to, to know here in, in, in the Buffalo side of things is that Patriots own the Bills. We, we get it. So it's, it's hard, for, hard for this side of things to, to really get that, um, that perspective of uh, we expect to win or we think we're going to win, anything like that. So 
it'll be an emotional game. It'll be fun. Uh, if the if the Bills get sloppy and make mistakes and start beating themselves with unforced errors, it's going to get ugly. But hopefully the Bills play their best game and we uh, we have a good, fun, competitive game on Sunday. There you go, folks. Fantastic stuff from Joe Marino. You can follow him on Twitter. You probably do, but just in case you don't, at the Joe Marino on Twitter. Joe, buddy, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. Always a blast to chat with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mark. And, folks, that will do it for today's episode of The Sco Show. I will be back Saturday with Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And then for a post-game show sometime Sunday evening, is it a glorious victory episode or not? That does remain to be seen. Until then, friends, please do keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.